Welcome to Building Your Best Career, a podcast for professionals looking to find their voice, define their brand, and maximize their impact. Episodes are a collection of lessons from real life, interviews with people doing incredible things, tips and tools to get you on your way to realizing your infinite career possibilities. Hello there, and welcome back to another episode of Building Your Best Career. I hope you're doing well so far this week and you're enjoying the beautiful autumn weather. I know here the leaves are starting to change and we're super excited to get some time outside the house and seeing the pretty leaves and just enjoying the fresh air and all that autumn brings. This week I wanted to talk about a very timely topic, only with a different spin. Obviously right now if you are watching any type of news source, you know that we are hip deep in all kinds of political drama uh, with the election coming up. And I want to talk about office politics. I think that there are so many different things that we can do for ourselves to set ourselves up for success in our career while still navigating office politics. I talk to folks and, and of course we all cringe when you hear about office politics because no one wants to have to deal with this. Work is hard work enough, right? And you're going to go to the office and then you're going to have to deal with the politics. Unfortunately though, I think that it gets a bad rap and I think that it's important to realize that part of the driver of office politics is that you're bringing together a variety of different people from all different backgrounds with all different experiences all looking to progress, move up, promote, do well in their career, and everybody has a different way of going about it. This translates to office politics. There are obviously some folks that are very ethical about it, others that are not so ethical about it, and then some that are just downright slimy, right? We've all worked with those people of all of the groups. The key things that I wanted to talk about today is how to navigate those politics successfully and to use them to your advantage without being, I don't know if shady is the right word or unethical, I think it's just using them productively, using them effectively, and navigating them so that you're not getting distracted by constant political drama in your office. The first thing that I want to talk about is understanding the landscape. When you first start a position, start a job, move into a new organization, the best thing you can do in the beginning is just to watch and listen. Understanding the landscape that you've stepped onto and understanding who the players are, who the characters are in this play, if you will. Paying attention to their behavior their interactions, their approaches to doing things, and just really getting a good understanding of who it is that you're working with. When we play close attention, we can pretty quickly discern who the real players are, who is just there to work, get a paycheck, and do their job, and who are the people that are trying really hard to just avoid the whole thing. And I think it's important that we be as aware of all of those groups as possible. And there's probably another dozen people that fall in between those categories. And maybe they're, they engage in the office politics occasionally, or if it suits them, or if they can't avoid it, whatever it may be. 
but in general, you can pick up pretty quickly who the movers and the shakers are in the office. You can recognize who is really manipulative and really making sure that they are positioning themselves for whatever it is that they want, okay? The next thing you're doing is you're building relationships with these people. And you're building relationships, hopefully, with most of the people in your organization, anybody you come in contact with, because we never know, we talk about this all the time, we never know what connection, what relationship is going to bring us whatever it's going to bring us in the future, right? You never know where that's going to lead. So anybody that you're interacting with, hopefully you're trying to be real and interested in gathering some kind of relationship with them, professional relationship, be polite with them, be, be friendly, be supportive, whatever, whatever the situation requires. But all of those different people that you're building relationships with now, as you're building your relationship and you're getting to know them, you're paying attention to how they operate. Do they try to find all kinds of functions that they can go to to make sure that they know the people at the top of the food chain? As leaders, do they provide support and encouragement and opportunities for their teams and employees? Do they work well with others at their level laterally? Or do they kind of try to hog the pie? Do they try to sideswipe one another and, and, and cut corners and whatnot? How do they behave in the overall organization? As you're getting to know these people, paying attention to them, building relationships with them, and most important, being consistent in how you behave. Being consistent in your messaging and what it is that you are considering as your goals and objectives. When we're consistent, it leaves very little room for questions. If we're consistently behaving in a similar manner, there's no question. If you always allow your employees to come and talk to you about something that they have concerns about, there's no question. You have an open door policy. You have an open door policy for everybody, above you, below you, beside you, wherever it is. If you are allowing telework or allowing whatever privileges you allow for your employees and you allow them for anybody that completes X, Y, and Z type of requirements, being consistent. Being consistent means that you can't be manipulated into how you're going to treat others and treat others differently. If you're being consistent, then you're not making special exceptions and you're not contributing to office politics. So often I think that often office politics are born out of those special arrangements that are made, these one-off agreements that are made with a variety of different employees. And what happens is that the people looking on at all of these special arrangements, think about it like with children. Say your oldest child can't wait to drive. But you want them to have practice. You want them to have their permit for a while, wait for a bit, and then they can go and sit for their test. So maybe they've been driving and practicing for a year, and a year after they were eligible, then you allow them to get their driver's license. Then you've got your second child, and they come along, and they start lobbying to get their driver's license sooner. 
and you negotiate with them for whatever way so that they can get theirs maybe six months and then the third child comes along and they get it the day that they are eligible to drive. Do you see the difference here? Now you've created tension between the three children because all of them were subjected to a different rule, to a different requirement. And to a certain extent, you could argue that applying different logic, applying different approaches to each of the three children are because there are three different personalities, three different responsibility levels, maturity levels. There are a ton of different ways that you can negotiate this. As we get further along with our children, sometimes we become a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more lax. I'm the oldest child, so I understand that as the first one, parents are a little reluctant. They're a little bit more overprotective because they're new at this. They're trying to figure it out. But at the same time, think of the politics that you've now created amongst those three children, the resentment, the frustration, the negotiation, all of the different things that come along with that. And doing this with employees is the same thing. If you give George special treatment because you and he play golf every once in a while, and then you give Mary special treatment because she bakes cookies for the office and she happens to always bring your favorites, Again, I, I'm boiling this down to a ha-ha level here because I, I, I don't want to make it too serious. But you see what my point is here, that if we are making special arrangements for all of our different employees based on different things, you have now muddied everything. To a certain extent, some of this cannot be helped because, again, everybody comes from a different background. They have different experience. They have different qualifications. They have different work styles. They have different situations that they're, they're dealing with personally and professionally. So it is a really tricky balance as a leader to make sure that you are finding some kind of consistency in how you are managing all of your people. And even from above, being conscious of the fact that just like you're managing your folks, someone above you is managing you and they are keeping an eye on how everybody works together and are they being fair are you asking for special treatment because you play golf with the boss or you're the one that's bringing in the cookies are you hoping for special treatment because you're always working willing to work on a Saturday or you're always willing to, to pick up an extra project are you looking for special treatment are you offering special treatment because of whatever is going on this is where it all begins. And for most organizations, we come in halfway through and, and all of these relationships and all of these special arrangements have already been enacted. They've already started. So we're coming in and this is where I'm talking about coming in and paying really close attention to what's going on. Pay attention to the interreactions between people. Pay attention to the relationships and, and who's getting special treatment and why they're getting special treatment and where that impacts the overall productivity and efficiency and efficacy of the organization. Where does this cause problems? And see if you, new to the organization, can try to improve upon that, at least within your bubble. Now, Obviously, we all want to get ahead. We all want to do well in our career. We all want to 
make a good salary, we want to save for retirement, all of those things. We all have goals and objectives of our own. And there are organizations out there that you're going to go into and you're going to have to play the game. There are going to be hoops that you'll have to jump through. There are going to be organizations where the politics are just a part of the job. And it's up to you to make the determination of what can you live with? What can you live with? Can you live with playing the game that has already been set? Or is it something that you just can't stomach? And maybe you do it for a while until you find another position and then you move out. Maybe it is something that you feel is okay and it's all just part of the job and you figure out how to roll with it and maybe adapt it. That's fine too. The only person that can answer that question of what can you live with is you. Whatever it is so that you can put your head on the pillow at night and sleep. That's all that matters. You have to make those decisions for yourself. Your own personal core values and all of those things, obviously they come into play. So you have to pay attention to what's going on and figure out just how much you're willing to do. To a certain extent though, putting your head in the sand and pretending that the politics don't happen around the office is not necessarily a recipe for success either. You could still progress up the chain and, and maybe get lucky and manage to just kind of run on the, on the periphery and never really have to deal with it. If that's the situation that you've got, then you're very lucky. And I would argue that as much as you can pass that along to your teams as possible, I would encourage you to do that because I think that many of us are much more comfortable in an organization that isn't plagued by politics and special arrangements and wheeling and dealing. Because again, you're working 40, 60, 80 hours, whatever it is in your organization, and then you have to worry about playing the mental politics game on top of that too. It's exhausting. It's part of being in the business world, but it's still exhausting. There's one more thing that I wanted to mention, particularly for folks in leadership, if you are senior leadership, executive leadership, whatever. One thing that you should be mindful of when you are doing your observations and paying attention to how everybody works and the landscape and whatnot, be careful about being handled. Now, for those of you that handle your supervisors, you know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you who don't, this might be a little confusing. But think about it from the flip side here, right? If you are going into an organization trying to figure out how you're going to play the politics to make sure you achieve all of the goals you have, you are going to have to handle certain people. You're going to handle your supervisors. You're going to put yourself in positions to dazzle them or impress them or have them offer you all kinds of opportunities or perhaps high visibility, things like that. As leaders, be mindful of when you are the one being handled. The people below you are manipulating the situation to then impact your efforts to be consistent, your efforts to be fair. There are a lot of people out there that are very, very good at this. And to a certain extent, there are a lot of us out there that don't even realize that we're being handled until we've been handled. And then you look back and think, oh my, how did that happen? How did I just manage to give somebody special treatment when I wasn't even trying? Because I was manipulated. And yes, to a certain extent, that is the fault of the person who did the manipulating. 
but it's also on me because I should have been paying closer attention. I should have been making sure that I wasn't being handled. I should have been tracking that and paying close attention to make sure that I was applying fairness across the board. So as leaders, be mindful of this. And again, the, the most important thing that I can tell you is understanding the people that you're working with, paying attention, listening to how they interact and talk with one another, watching what they do. It's all like a big chess game or battlefield. You ever remember a battleship? Remember that game where you move your ships around and, and you pay attention to how the other person is asking you the, the, the quadrants that you're picking. Pay attention to their strategy of why they're going here, why they're going there. Then you know it helps you figure out where their players are on their board. It's the same thing. Paying attention to the bigger picture and really watching and observing can make such a difference in how you interact in the workplace. Now, I, I can hear some people groaning and thinking, I really don't have time to do that, Kelly. I don't have time to be watching everybody and figuring out what they're doing. And I, I hear you. I, I understand that. And I get that it is just one more thing to be tracking. The key piece that I would, I would argue about that, though, is think about how much time and aggravation it's going to cause you having to clean up political messes as opposed to avoiding them. So if we're calculating this out as a, a number of hours that you have to spend, if you have to spend an extra half hour a week watching rather than spending an extra two hours one week fixing a problem, let's do the math there, right? Not to mention that even for your own organizational growth and professional advancement, understanding the landscape, understanding the landmines that you need to avoid, the personalities and, and how they all go together and how they can help you, how they can hurt you, understanding all of that really does make a difference in how successful you'll be, but also how happy you'll be in your organization, how happy you'll be in your job. When politics in an office go sideways, it can be a miserable place to have to navigate every day. And granted, right now, not all of us are necessarily going into the office, but politics seeps everywhere. It's not just an in-person thing. You see it in your emails, on your conference calls, people sideswiping and, and all of those things. If you're in a group call and taking credit for other people's work and, and upstaging, I, I mean, there's so many different things that are negative when it comes to office politics. Why not try to be as aware as possible and spin them for you and your team to be used for positive ways? to be used to help support one another and foster a, an organization or at least a team that is supportive of one another instead of trying to step on each other's heads. And you being consistent and fair with how you set your, your landscape can make all the difference. All right, I hope you have a great week. Good luck with navigating those office politics and I will see you next week. All right. So thanks for listening to Building Your Best Career. I hope you enjoyed it. Head on over to buildingyourbestcareer.com and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Feel free to drop me a note with any topics you'd like to hear about or if you'd like to be a guest on an episode. And please go ahead and recommend me to your friends. Until next time, always remember to stand up and be confident. 
Stand by all that you do and say with integrity and stand out because after all, there's only one you.